soul.com lots of links to check out uh but we're not done yet we're just getting started news for the soul july 2nd 2017 i'm off to a canada day parade shortly here we're still doing that stuff here and july 4th is fast approaching down there a lot of you listening in the states and uh epic things happening around the world but soul place radio is happening here next right after this this is Nicole Whitney, News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained. It's a great honor to have you on the show tonight. Welcome, Deepak Chopra. Thank you. Yes, this is Uri. Hi, Uri. It's Nicole Whitney calling News for the Soul. Welcome to News for the Soul, Robert Allen. Thank you, Nicole. It's great to be here with you tonight. Why are you here? We're talking to Carolyn Mace about Sacred Contracts, one of her many best-selling books. Welcome to the show, Greg Braden. Well, good evening, Nicole. It's uh, certainly a pleasure to hear your voice and a pleasure to be here tonight. Welcome to the show, Stuart Wilde. Thank you very much. John Kehoe, welcome to News for the Soul. Hey, how are you? Next up, Dr. David Morehouse. I'm so glad that you called me because you are doing such an important task, important work, because you are spreading a very positive message. I was really moved by last week's show because we made a commitment to a worldwide event to try to change consciousness. I'm feeling enormous energy around this show. Just enormous, enormous. uh, I really have to hand it to you, Nicole. You've created sort of a niche of amazing, amazing connections. It's just like... (laughs) the angels and the devatas that are like attracted to news for the soul is amazing. Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. It is July 2nd, 2017, and it's time for Soul Place Radio with Megan Skinner. Let's get her on and start the fun. Megan, how are you? I'm good, Nicole. Happy July, everybody, and welcome to Soul Place Radio. It's really great to be here with you today on this holiday weekend. And, you know, Soul Place is not just a radio show. It's also an online community that I house on Facebook, on my uh, Facebook page. And, you know, it's this amazing community, and I do daily soul inspirations. I do a live guided meditation every Sunday. I do blogs and articles. So if you want to find out more about Soul Place, just go to my website, meganskinner.com, and hit the Soul Place button, and it'll tell you more about the radio show, about the online community, about the guided meditations, and we also have a practitioner's page where you can list your business or services so everybody can find out about you and what you have to do. So, And, you know, it is July, and I also just posted um, my July horoscopes also on my webpage. It's uh, under the horoscope page. It's my monthly astrology newsletter that I call Astro Babble. And so it has each of the forecasts for each of the signs of the zodiac. So be sure and check that out. So we have a full moon in Scorpio today, which is actually perfect because one of my favorite Scorpios <laughs> is our guest today, and uh, she is astrologer and author and Jungian analysis, Shireen Vismaya, and she's also, we call each other Pisces Moon Sisters because we both have our moon in Pisces. So welcome to the show, Shireen. Hi, thanks. Thank you. It's so great to be with you again. Yes, well, you know, I, I have to tell the audience that, you know, when was it, was it Wednesday of last week, 
I yeah. had the opportunity to be on Shireen's podcast called Project 40. And if you want to find more about that, you can either, it's, I think, go to her website or my website. But we had a really amazing conversation. So it's, it's nice to, like, kind of turn the tables a little bit. <laughs> and I get to sit in the yeah. interviewer's seat and interview you. Yeah, it's fun to be on the other side for me, too. So, you know, what I thought I'd do is just to kind of start our conversation today, Shireen, is can you tell our listeners a little bit about you and a little bit about your work? What I find is really cool and fascinating is that you combine astrology also with your background as a Jungian analysis. So can you kind of tell us a little bit about how that works and just kind of what you do in the world? Sure. Well, it's so interesting that we're now living in a time where that can all be out of the closet because when I first started, you know, <laughs> studying psychology back in the um back in the 80s, it was like, you know, we couldn't I had to hide the fact that I was an astrologer when I first started my practice actually in right. the early 90s, making myself sound even more old. But um yeah, I uh I actually um remember the days when I would start working with clients and I would try to like get the birth information without so I could look at the chart but I could I couldn't I couldn't actually sneak it in there right I had to feel it out because it's just so interesting now that it's so different you know and um it's, but, you know, Shireen, I, mean, I talk to other um, therapists that, that study astrology, yeah. and they are yeah. still reluctant to bring this up. I think it's still a little bit yeah. in the shadow. It might be in some of the, like, more traditional, you know, more conservative clinical psychology mm-hmm. realms. You know, the nice thing about being a Jungian analyst is that it's really – especially because I'm trained in the old old school Jungian analysis, which they're, you know – that school from Zurich is much more um, open to metaphysics right. and spirituality. Sure. You know, it's more the it's more of the red book Jung. <laughs> um, oh, right, right. The, yes, the, a lot yes. of the you know, there's been a lot of splits in the in the in the school where there's kind of like one path going more wanting to be considered more um, in the you know more accepted in the realm of the traditional like more clinical psychology, and then there's the ones that want the more spiritual metaphysical side of Jung. So I definitely obviously fall on that side. Right. of the of the clan but um i'm yeah i'm so it's such a such an amazing tool that we have you know as counselors therapists healers that we can bring in the symbolic language and the archetypes of astrology and even even tarot as you and i were talking about the other yes. day because it's like you know before that you know i was we only had like the tat and the rorschach and and those kind of projective tools which right. obviously have their merit but it's like, why wouldn't you go to the oldest symbolic systems where you have, it's like, it's kind of like you have, it's it, it just like, it's like world's difference then, you know, right? Of, of what it can open up in the psyche. It's really, it's such a incredible gift that we have that we can use those, those old art forms. Yes. Yes. To open up the psyche and, to open up the unconscious. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's like, you know, for me, it's like, gosh, you know, astrology is so powerful. It just by looking at a chart, I can get so much information about someone. And it just really gives me, you know, like you're saying, these powerful archetypes to really understand somebody. I mean, and, yeah. you know, what I like about astrology is it really is a science. And then I bring in the tarot, uh, you know, those, those uh, amazing archetypes of the tarot, which then kind of illuminate more of the astrology. So that combination can just be so amazing. Yeah, it's such, it's such a powerful combination. And to really work, see, the, the opportunity to work with the horoscope or the birth chart over time so that it becomes yes. like a dialogue versus like just sitting down with somebody one time or twice a year even, it's a very different experience then working with somebody every week or several times a week, imagine working with them with their transits, with their chart, and watching that unfold and watching that open up their own relationship between their unconscious and their conscious. It's, it's like this, um, it's like a dream bridge between the two. Yeah. Like it really, oh, yeah. I mean, and, and you even start to see how people dream in the symbols of their horoscope. 
Oh, wow. Yes. Which is incredible. This is something Stephanie Galing and I are really fascinated with and had been working yes, with together yes. when we were doing the, yes, the Dream Project Stephanie, 40. Uh, you yeah. know, the one that kind of hooked us up together. Yes. yes and the, yes, the whole so dream realm. She's really starting. Yes. You guys are exploring that together. And well, yes. I think that's the beauty of like symbology and archetypes and the language of the unconscious and the psyche and astrology um, and the trope just, you know, provides that kind of soulful language and you know it's just I mean I you know obviously we just love this kind of juicy stuff (laughs) and you know we talk about you know old school versus new school and you know I think that you know I say to everybody everyone should have their natal chart every it's just like it's like a birth certificate you know and I was actually talking to a client that was born in India and you know of course there they do the Mm. Vedic astrology and she said, you know, sure. when, when we are born in India, everybody, along with their birth certificate, gets a copy of their birth chart. And it is used throughout as right? you grow up and, you know, you look at your life. It's used as a real roadmap, you know, for understanding yeah. who you are and where you're going. I love that. See, I had never, I didn't know that they get that at their, with their birth. I'm surprised I had not come across this information. I love that. Yeah, yeah, and you know the that, thing that about you know, yeah. Well, yeah, the thing about having an active uh, relationship, like what you're talking about with the birth chart, or you know, like what is? Oh my goodness, I forgot to turn my phone off. Um, <laughs> having that active relationship, I think it's just it's such a powerful tool. You know what I mean? Yes. Because can you explain to uh, our listeners the difference between? like your natal chart and then the transits. And I don't know if you work with progress charts, but kind of how that all works together. Sure. Well, the natal chart is the map. It's kind of like a hologram, or I like to think of it as a mandala of your psyche at the moment of your birth. So it's like a depiction of the sky at the moment you took this incarnation. Whereas the transits are laying on top of that original chart. So we're we're still looking at that original map. And then now we're looking at where the planets are in the sky right now and how those two are in dialogue with each other. So it's like what's happening now and how that's impacting what you came into this incarnation to work on. So certain Mm -hmm. things get set off at certain times, and that's what's so key because actually I can't remember who or where, where get exactly where I recently read this or heard this, but um, someone was saying actually it was another, I think it was another, psychologist astrologer saying that you need you almost need certain transits to show Mm. up in order to resolve a complex like you can do all the analysis in the world all the psychology in the world but when that transit hits it might have been lynn bell when that transit hits that you actually have access to resolving the complex so that's the gift of the transit you know and in vedic astrology they consider that the time of like the karma's ripening or unfolding and like we get the consciousness or we get the experience or we get the the encounter that really wakes us up like we're ready you know and we right right and that's the gift you know of of the transits and then the progressions as the third layer shows based on the you know what we do with the secondary progressions is we take your birth chart and we watch how that unfolds throughout your life so it's just you know it's basically like a day for a year in the ephemeris but we're looking at how this chart evolves over time. And mm. I think the most fascinating progress cycle to work with is the moon cycle because that changes yes, every yes. two and a half years. So that one you can right. really track. But then, of course, if retrograde planets come out of retrograde, that's fascinating to look at that timing. Um, or when a planet goes retrograde through the progression, you know, if that's happening, like those are really kind of key moments in terms of a psychological development or unfolding that we want to kind of pay attention to. So, Again, what a rich, wonderful system that we have to work with with just those three layers alone. I mean, you could spend hours and hours and days and weeks and months and years. <laughs> and years and years and years. Bottom <laughs> of, right? That's, that's, why, that's why these healing uh, processes take so many years, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just it's an it's an endless it's an endless study and journey and you know I love Shireen that you're talking about the transits as gifts 
and opportunities. And I think, you know, when you kind of understand what's going on with a transit, then you can like grab a hold of it and yeah. start to work with it instead of fighting it or being resentful yes. about it or asking, oh my yes. gosh, what's happening to me, right? Yes. And to be able to like grab a hold of that. And, and one of the most, I think, and I, I want to hear what you have to say, powerful transits or transits that there is, is the Saturn return. And I know that yeah. that is one of your specialties because you have a book on Saturn. <laughs> and yeah. can I go ahead and say the name of your book? Yeah, sure, sure. Of course, Transpersonal Astrology <laughs> Exploration of the Frontier Surviving Saturn's Return. So the Saturn return, the, you know, uh, is a very powerful oh. transit. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about that? Sure. First, I just want to clarify, actually, the first title is a is a book project that I was involved in. It might have got a little confusing in our, our written exchange, but uh, the Saturn book is Surviving Saturn's Return. That first book is a I thought that was a little funny. Like, it was like, hmm, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Okay. Especially if you want to order no it on Amazon. So it's called Surviving Saturn's Return. Yes. Surviving okay. Saturn's return, and we're actually in the process of doing a, an upgrade, or what is it called, a rewrite, revision? What is it when you, like, republish uh, a book? New edition. Like we, we have to update it. New edition, thank you. <laughs> a new edition. Um, we're working on that, the Saturn Sisters. But that other book is a great compilation, actually, from Armand Diaz and Eric Myers. They were the, the guys that created that Frontier book. So it's a compilation mm. of essays. And mm-hmm. in that book, I actually have an essay, not to go off topic, but that's a whole different topic about, it's called Killer in the Home, and it's about the shadow in the horoscope. But anyway, that's a whole well, other Well, let me just interject, you know, that you, that's a big part of the work that you do with clients, right, Shireen, is shadow work. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. With all my Scorpio, how can I not? Yeah, that is my yes, exactly. baby is the shadow <laughs> Right, right. And when the death mother, those are my, those would come, that's what comes to me. But also, yeah, and and then Saturn return also is a big one. Um, So we could either, we could go either direction. Well, let's let's talk, I want to, let's, let's talk a little bit about the shadow and we'll come back to the Saturn return because today's got a moon in Scorpio. I mean, this is so perfect. You're a Scorpio. I have a ton of Scorpio in my chart. You know, let's talk about the Scorpionic shadow. And I think that so many people fear the shadow. So bring some illumination to this for us. My favorite topic. Yes. Um, bring a, so bringing, bringing illumination to the shadow. Well, what I, the way I work with the, sh- I mean, first and foremost in shadow work, I think is making the space for the shadow, not judging the shadow, not, which, you know, sounds easier said than done, not repressing the shadow, not closeting the shadow energies and shadow energies, you know, can range from, you know, anything from jealousy to obsession to possession, to control issues, to power struggles, to anything that we have guilt or shame around that just gets, mm. you know, we, we relegate that to some dark recess of the psyche and hope like it never, you know, comes out or bothers us or shows up in a relationship ever again. And of course, we just have to fall in love and then get into a real intimate relationship <laughs> right. if we're not actually in psychoanalysis. And it, it, it will come. It'll show right up. Yeah. Um, but it just it loves those intimate uh, settings because then it feels it ha- like the key with the shadow often is that, that it does it either has it's interesting it either has to feel really threatened somehow and then it comes like when it's like reliving a traumatic experience I think or when we start to feel really safe it also comes oh. because of the terror of like the unknown of will this part of me be loved and. Um, the Scorpio, I feel, really helps us to, you know, she, Scorpio to me is so much like the goddess Kali and, you know, the mm-hmm. death mother energy of how do we make space, you know, like the, the darkness within all, within all of us, she's dark enough, she can take all of that on and she wants us to let go and realize this is not who we are or what we are, but we should have no shame about it. It's part that there's a dark part of the divine and um, yes, all of it is yes, God, yes. goddess. It's not that we should... Yes. It's not just about clinging to the light, you know. As Jung says, yes. like imagining figures of light is not going to make the darkness go away. <laughs> In fact, it just 
amplifies right. the darkness, the more you just cling to that one-sided approach to spirituality. So I'm all for going into the dark and going into the pain and going into the trauma and any, and yeah, there's a theory that the shadow starts around age seven when we get into social comparison and we start mm-hmm. to become aware of this is me, this is not me. And we get praise or we get rejected based on certain attributes of our personality. So if we show that really rageful, angry, crazy mm-hmm. side, and everyone in our family is like, oh, no, <laughs> go in right. your room, you know, or you just get completely, you know, you feel that part is unlovable. That's where that kind of, smush, you know, stuffing away or closeting of the potential of that other stuff that, you know, we're this whole, we're all of it. But if we feel, okay, this part is not lovable, this part is going to become rejected, Yeah, it, it gets repressed. It gets repressed. Right, right, right. You know, because you know, life, what, as yeah. you're talking, you know, what's coming to mind. Here we are talking about archetypes. What comes to mind to me is the archetype of the devil card in the tarot. That's and, another good you know, shadow, right? Because yes. I very much yes. equate the devil with our shadow side or our dark side. Because in my world, I don't think there is anything such thing as a devil. But the devil becomes yes. our projection of our dark side yeah. and like you're saying that shame and that anger and control but if mm-hmm. you know and they say don't lock the devil in a closet because he'll yeah. come out and bite your butt at some at some point right <laughs> and when we yeah. when we suppress the shadow side we lose our power and what i've heard yeah. so often about the shadow yeah. is when you embrace the point. shadow you actually find your power Yes, and no one can, and most importantly, what I feel that devil archetype, just to add on to what you're saying, which is so great that we're having this conversation, too, with the Capricorn full moon coming and everything. Yes, exactly, because the devil card is ruled by Capricorn. Yes, and here we are, we're in that waxing moon cycle, we're at Scorpio, we're just days away from the Capricorn full moon, and yes, and that when like what you were saying, like the way we we lose our power through through rejecting the shadow, but by reclaiming that not only do we regain the power but we also eliminate the potential of anyone having power over us which I feel like that devil like whatever we project that power because people can shame us or they can control us or they can enslave us because we haven't grappled with that internal right. devil the internal demons you know people say like wrestling with your demons like this is the time right. as this moon is waxing getting to Capricorn to wrestle with your demons like get in touch with that <laughs> Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, you know, it took me a while um, to understand, you know, what the heck is Capricorn doing as the ruler of the devil, right? I mean, what's yes, that yes. connection? And I'd love to hear what you have to say about that. For me, I go back to that, the ancient, ancient kind of Capricorn energy of like Pan, you know, which is a yes. satire that plays the flute. And, you know, and when he plays the flute, it's like, you know, Puck in a Midsummer's Night Dream, and everybody yes, falls yes. into lust and has this orgy in the forest, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so what, do you, what yes, is the association exactly. for you between Capricorn and the devil card? Well, for me, it's interesting because I feel, and this is a great segue if we go, we do move on to the Saturn after this. Um, yes. You know, the, the Saturn energy, the, the rulership of Capricorn being Saturn and and having to look at, Saturn can contain a lot of our shadow also and in terms of our fears and our deep set insecurities and those kind of ouch places that we don't want anyone to know that can really hit us in that yeah. really deep level. And, and also the, you know, perhaps the materialistic side of Capricorn yes, where it's right, like we sure. project our authority or our power onto right. something external that we think will give us that power or selling your soul to the devil kind of thing. Like, like the material world yes. can be that a little bit, like wanting yeah, name, fame, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's good. All of that. I like that. So that's good. I, I that's see really that part. good. I love I'm, gonna, the pan I'm and making the panic notes. And fear. <laughs> okay, <laughs> great. Yeah, the pan, the panic. Like panic comes from pan, and a lot of people during Capricorn full moon, a lot of my clients, their anxiety ratchets up. It's like there's definitely a strong correlation between our anxiety when, because it's that threshold of like trying to keep that shadow energy down. We don't want to look at what we're terrified of or what we're ashamed of. We want to keep that. We want to keep that in that underworld, you know. But that's what—that's precisely what has those shackles around our neck. Actually, one of my clients so brilliantly said, "You know, we wear those chains freely. Like we can choose. Yeah. 
it, it's yeah. like we can choose to take them off. But we're right, and in the, actually in the image of the devil card, the chains are loose, right? Yeah. It's, you know, that you can, I mean, you, they could just slip off very easily. We could just, the, the two beings on that, those cards to do is like laugh at that silly looking goat figure, right. take them off. <laughs> And get out. <laughs> but right. We, we right. wear that. We're like, hey, it's warm and cozy down here. And hell yeah. is this hell realm we've right. chosen. <laughs> kind of nice. Right. You know, I don't know. Like, they, we submit our power, basically. That's how I yes. see the, the devil is like what we've given our power away to, where we've lost right. connection to it internally. Yes. And often and this is like, like having you said, to like, embrace the dark. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is the perfect segue into Saturn Returns. Yes. Yes. And I, is. I'll just say right up front, I'm in my second Saturn return, and yeah, um, but I'd like before that. we get into that, and it's actually been lovely. <laughs> I pause yes, when I say that. that. But so I, for it's everyone who's so afraid. Yeah. See. Yeah. I mean, yeah. People, look at me. I'm like, oh my gosh, second reason. Saturn return. But Sheree, yes. tell us a little bit about Saturn returns, and let's start with the first Saturn return. Okay. So the first one. The first Saturn return, really to me, from what I've witnessed, you know, and it's been so wonderful to kind of do this as like an ongoing case study with all the Saturn returners that come through my door. Um, first time Saturn returners. Um, <laughs> it's usually really a confrontation with um, choosing your life path and at the same time, your life path in the world. Like, what did you come here in the world to do? This mm-hmm. seems to be the question of the first Saturn return. Like, what is your mission statement in the world? But the crisis, we call it the quarter-life crisis, because what happens is suddenly you're at this crossroads where you're feeling, okay, I'm officially leaving childhood. And, of course, that gets later and later each decade, right? Everyone wants to right. grow up a little a little later. Um so the idea is, okay, how do I start to individuate at the beginning of the individuation process, which Jung said really doesn't get full going until you're 40, but it's like the prelude to that. So it's kind of like, all right, I'm not a child anymore. I'm stepping into this adult mode. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do in the world. I've got all these teachings from my family, like, do I, which of these values do I take on with me and which do I reject? And how do I, usually the crisis is like, how am I going to support myself? That's kind of like the, right, right. You know, the nuts and bolts of the Saturn, the first Saturn return is like, how in the hell am I going to make it in the world? Like it's terrifying. And how am I going to support right. myself? And I don't, if I don't depend on my parents or student loans or a credit card or whatever, like kind of the projected devil Saturn figure could be, that's going to support me. How do I find that? internal sense of faith and authority in the world. Mm-hmm. So often they say what is happening during the first Saturn return sets up the situation of who and what you want to be in the world as your own author, authority, like your own authority figure. So you, you start to feel you're separating from those external authority figures. Mm-hmm. Whereas now the second Saturn return, hopefully you've come into a level of mastery, like you definitely have, of what you're authoring in the world. And now it's like, okay, but how do I really bring in this karmic, spiritual, soulful, here we're on soulful right. radio, you know, how do I right. bring in that? And how do I now also, because Saturn also is time, you know, it's, yes. it's time and it's the law of no, what we say no to. So there's a lot of saying no during your Saturn return, a lot of boundary issues usually during Saturn, Saturn transits in general, right? Where we look at time and authority and boundaries and karmic situations. So the second one I feel is more like, okay, how do I really like take my time back for what is essential to me? Like how do I really structure my life in such a way that I get to do what I value the most and I get to really grow my soul and really, feel like there's there is a little bit of more of a like a retreat during the after the second yeah, Saturn yeah. return. Yeah, you know, it, and I it's interesting because yeah. when you're talking about the the first Saturn returning, you're talking about, you know, who you are in the world and it's interesting and it's just going back and forth between astrology and the tro <laughs> is the the Saturn card in the tro is the world. 
which is so interesting. And I always look at the world card as, you know, it's the last card of the major arcana. And so it's kind of like that time where you're like, you've done all the lessons, you've done all the, you know, arcanas or the cards, and now you're taking everything you know and you're taking it out into the world to make a name for yourself and create that identity, you know. Yep. Yes. You know, and then when I think about... You know, when I think about the second Saturn return, you know, what comes to my mind is more like the hermit card. Mm, yes, I can I can absolutely agree with that. I mean, I haven't been through the second Saturn return, but just that feels right in terms of an archetypal image of going into that deep internal space of inner reflection and retreat and being like in that, that really beautiful state of solitude versus loneliness. Because the first Saturn return, I think, can feel quite lonely for people. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like yeah, you know, and that's, and like yeah. I think that that's part of the hermit card too for me. It's like, well, for example, with my Saturn return, um, it's it's really interesting because uh, I like to use this quote from Dr. Wayne Dyer. Is it feels to me like it's that moment when we go from ambition to meaning. And mm, I'm a very ambitious beautiful. person, right? Very externally yes. motivated, very career motivated, right? And yes. so I feel like during my Saturn return, I just really kind of went in and dug in about what, what was really meaningful and important mm. to me. And I have Leo rising. And so my Leo rising yes. is always like, you know, see me, see me, aren't I fabulous? <laughs> and of course yeah. I am. But <laughs> yes. I kind of yes. went more into that. I don't know that that's so important anymore. You know what I mean? I mean, about being seen. It was more about this kind of deeper communion. And what was interesting Mm. for me is, because it also depends, and I want to hear what you have to say about what sign Saturn is and what house your Saturn transit is happening. And my second Saturn return happens in, is happening in Sagittarius. And it's in my fifth house of creativity. And I feel like yes. a whole new structure and life came to my creativity. And also, Saturday, I mean, uh, yeah. Sagittarius School's publishing, and I've kind of started publishing again. Yeah, so you have your book, which just came out. Yeah. Which is, that's, that's definitely a, like a fruit of a Saturn. People always think that Saturn is about punishment and punishment and right. reward. But there is reward. So punishment yes, only to absolutely. like get you, it's like a course correction time. It's not really like Saturn's not like... I mean, yes, he's got that reputation. There, he can have a cruel gaze, but he's just trying to get you into shape. You know, he's trying to get you into alignment. So, <laughs> if he casts a cruel gaze, it's to you know, to humble us or to get us back into integrity in some way. So, right. He, yeah. So I feel that. But for you, it's this. This is really the reward of your second Saturn return is the publishing and the creativity around that and you know, um, like you said, finding like what, like when you and I spoke on Wednesday, it was like, we were really like celebrating like the joy and the wonder of being able to wake up every day and do what you love to do. Yes. Yes. And and your time being spent. And I feel like Saturn, people think Saturn wants us to suffer and like, you know, like the the school of hard knocks and stuff, like as if he's only ascetic and he doesn't want us to have any pleasure in our life. And, I think Saturn just wants, like, the thing is, the, the question I think Saturn asks is just, like, do you value, like, what you're spending mm. your time on, time? Right. If you, if, if what you're spending your time on is something you genuinely care about, it's not because you gave your power away because you think you need money or you need this or you need security, but you're doing it because it's in integrity, then yes. everything works. Then right. Saturn says yes. He doesn't have to say no anymore. <laughs> Right, 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 and that's the power of Saturn. I mean, (laughs) yes, yeah, you know, (laughs) which is a great book too, by the way. Yes, yes, highly recommend that one too. Yeah, you know, oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 I was rambling. Go. (laughs) That's no, you're not rambling. This is juicy. (laughs) This juicy stuff. Great. <laughs> I know I could talk about Oh, Saturn Saturn's like day. say no, no, you're you're talking too much, right? That's what Saturn would say. <laughs> yeah, he's like oh, yeah, Saturn. <laughs> But you know no, Since <laughs> we're talking about Saturn, you're a part of the Saturn sisters and I have to tell a funny That's story right. is that um <laughs> 
before you kind of reached out to me, you know, and I knew you through Stephanie, of course. I was like talking to people about, oh, those Saturn sisters. Have you seen the Saturn sisters on Instagram? And they're doing this campaign for Ann Taylor Lost, and it's so cool. And the Saturn sisters, I'm crushing on them. And then I'm talking to you, you're like, oh, yeah, part of my work is a Saturn sister. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the Saturn sisters. Yeah, so we started our partnership. Actually, we got named that from our agent because we wrote this, the book Surviving Saturn's Return. So when he was trying to get us out there, it was funny because it was during our Saturn return that we wrote the book, and he was trying to get us out in the world and get us on television and all this stuff. So he came up with this name, the Saturn Sisters, for us. And it just stuck. And at the time, we were writing horoscopes for Teen Vogue. And then um, when that gig ended, we got – after our book was published, we started working for LUK, which has mm-hmm. been a really beautiful long-term gig. We've been the astrologers for L since LUK. There's, we don't want to confuse with the That's Astro so Kingdom, awesome. The American, American L. We're the LUK and Netherlands L. Um, and we've been doing that gig since, I want to say, I'm really bad with time, Sally Saturn. But I want to say like 2005, so it's been a while. Wow, um, isn't that crazy? It's nice. That's no, like that's like my. That's, I have to say, this is like a, a, my is little longevity. secret dream job. <laughs> is, that is so cool. But Saturn is longevity, so I feel like that's the the blessing and the curse. You know, it's, right? Uh, sometimes we say it because it is. You know, it's it's a lot of work to write daily horoscopes. Yes. It's definitely its own spiritual practice in itself to have that discipline it's like it's like making the donuts yes. after a while because you've like, got to get up and ride horoscopes again um, right but yeah but that's been a huge part of our work together and then we just started doing the ann taylor i think in 2015 we started that work um and we were doing dailies for them for a while now they've cut back we're just doing the we do weekly and monthly horoscopes for ann taylor so, and but what I love about that is, that mm-hmm. yeah, what I love about that is just how astrology is going into the mainstream. You yeah. know what I mean? I just that you know people are using it as a tool and even as a marketing tool, and I think that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it it is really nice because you know sometimes because it's it's been kind of an interesting internal like something I've had to work on on reconciling is like I've got that deep Scorpio side of myself that just wants to do all the deep metaphysical kind of be in the background hidden research only working on shadow and deep publication you know (laughs) and then I'm doing right fashion horoscope so and I'm more known for that so that's probably why you didn't put the two together because it's like different identities in a way right but it right but it but it's taught me not to judge like one as superficial because I'm really grateful now. In the beginning, I was. I was like, why am I doing this this superficial magazine? This is not me, you know. I went to, I did all this education, and I could, you right. know, I'm used to writing in this, like, different academic style. It's hard for me to learn to write for magazines. It was really challenging right. Right. to write because I, I didn't have the, like, trendy language. And my Saturn sister, thank God, is, like, that's her thing. Like, she's so great with it because she does all – her other work is writing for magazines, and she's got all the, like – cute language and stuff so she can edit it and make it really fun and I'm right. starting to learn after many years how to how to speak and think like that but anyway the point of this is that it's been such a gift to realize that to not judge it because that when that work gets out into the mainstream it's so in many ways more helpful because I get feedback from people that are like you wouldn't you know you'd be like oh it's just this because some astrologers judge like those you know weekly horoscopes uh, by sign they're like sure. how could that really work that's so watered down but no you'd be surprised how helpful it is i get so yes. many letters where people are like this really got me through this difficult period like reading yes. weekly horoscopes even so when i hear that i'm like okay because these are like so many people that i could never be in contact with or touch and knowing like the horoscopes are helpful and comforting and supportive uh, you know, and enlightening like so good you know, I I completely concur. You know, it's like because I do a monthly horoscope thing on my website, yeah. and 
You know, and I've wrestled with that too. Like, oh my gosh! I mean, it's just this is just one little snippet of what's really going on, and it's watered down. But yeah. I have found the same thing, and you know, it's great that you know maybe it's just like a gateway drug, you know, to the to the, to the other stuff. But I, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are not really interested in all the academic or the deeper astrology stuff, but they kind of want more of, you know, the, the, the affirmation or just, you know, something that can, you know, be a little bit of a guide for them. And so I think it's really, I love horoscopes now. I think it's a really beautiful thing, especially if they're well done. Well, I'm realizing the art form is taking something that's really complex and making it um, yes. So you, you're not actually losing the depth and the substance. You're just making it palatable or understandable. Trans, it's like a translation of sorts. Yes. And so when you yeah. can find the right word, like that's the magic. That's like the magician tarot card, like the Mercury magic yes. of yes. finding the right words to convey something that really like open up a whole world for somebody. That to me is a thousand times more valuable than writing a the whole dissertation on something like you know right no right one like percent right. the population is going to care about or get so being to so that's been a beautiful practice of learning how to like translate and come up with taking something that's really complicated and making it understand like making it yeah. actually you know uh something to articulate it in a way that anyone can understand is Right, I like that you're saying that. That's real wisdom, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's an art form. I I agree with that, and and you know, I also want to talk to you, Shereen, about um, Project Forty. But before we get to that, just because at the end of the show, I tend to like it's over, and I'm like, oh, it's over, and I forgot to do this. Can you (laughs) let people know out there, our listeners, how they can get a hold of you? whether, you know, just to see your work or buy your book or do a session with mm-hmm. you. And also, you know, and then we'll talk about Project 40, too. Thank you. Um, so my website is shereenvishmaya.com. Um, and Vishmaya is, well, you'll probably put a link or something to spell it out is a little tricky. My whole name is a little tricky to spell. No one can ever spell even my first name. I don't know if I should do that. Yeah, spell it, spell it, spell it. All right, all right, we'll spell it out. (laughs) So it's S-H-E-R-E-N-E, Shireen, and then Vishmaya, V-I-S-M-A-Y-A. There's no H in it because it sounds like it, but it's an an Indian name given to me by my Satguru Amachi. So I've used that now as my name. So some people know me as Shireen Shostak. That's my birth name. But I've gone with my spiritual name over the last, I don't know, I think I've been doing this for the last five years. And it just feels, feels right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really beautiful name. I I love it. Thank you. Thank you. I I love it. And um, so, so that's my website and you can do, you can get to most places from that website. Now it's in the process of being revamped. I hope to have my new and improved Mm -hmm. website up in the next couple of weeks, which will then have everything. It'll have the project forties. It'll have the podcast. It'll have the videos. It'll all be in one place. Awesome. My, that's my Saturn and Sagittarius project. I'm a Sagittarius ascendant, so bringing okay. all of those things together that for my identity sense. is finally happening. Probably when yes. goes direct, it'll launch is my, my, what I suspect. But, um, but in the meantime, you can get the books through there. You can, like, there's links. Like, there's a little, you'll see at the top of the website the, the banner. What is it called? Like, you know, when it moves, the, the slider. Right, right, right. I'm on your website <laughs> right you now. You can book a point. Yeah, you can book appointments yeah. from that link, and then it's got the book. It's got one yeah. of my books, the latest book, which was the speculation book, which we didn't get to. That's a whole other thing, but that's okay. That was another project, but um, which is not astrological, really. It's more more tarot, which actually you and I can well, talk well, about. Well, you know what? You time, come back but, on the show, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too many things. It's like that's what we had with with my show. like. We have so much to talk about. I love it. I know it's, it's just, so nice yeah, and, and you know, and, and people can also hear. <laughs> The podcast of your your podcast, and, you know, I was on your last show, which was so much fun. Yeah, that's on SoundCloud. So if you go to SoundCloud or iTunes and look for the P40 podcast, you could listen to my interview with Megan. So Yeah. So there you go. Thank and, you um, for that. And, yeah. and Shereen, tell us about Project 40, because that's a big okay, part of yeah. what you do. That is my baby. That is my life's work. Okay. Like, that's the culmination of everything I've ever done coming together, and I'm it, what's really interesting is I'm on right now the 30, am I on the 30? I'm on the 36 one. I'm only doing 40 of them. Um, I started it in 2010 when I turned four. I'm giving away my age. It's okay. When I turned 40, I always do. 
And um, no problem. And hey, I told people I, uh, I'm in my second Saturn return. That gave away my age. I love you. I know. I'm, I think we should celebrate it. That's my new thing. It's like, just, I want to get past that. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of like the devil and repression, that's another devil. Right. I'd like to right. like, be afraid of and being shame. authentic. Yeah. Shame around the age. Yeah, we should own it. Like, yeah, be proud of all of it. So I, yeah, um, yeah so I started that at 40, which is the, the union year of like, you know, really starting your path, which I thought was interesting. But the, that I say this because the 40 and the 40. So when I turned 40, I really was interested in the concept of the alchemical formula of 40. And it actually kind of found me because mm-hmm. a couple things. One, I was born during a, I was born during a Venus retrograde and I was, fascinated with the fact that the Venus retrograde is also approximately a 40-day cycle and the connection between Venus retrograde and alchemy. And, you know, obviously, like, one of the things I love so much about Jungian psychology is his work with alchemy. So, but it didn't come to me, like, so straightforward like that. These things never happen like this with Jungian uh, synchronicity. It was more like I turned 40 and, like, we were doing this dance workshop and somebody had put – $20 $20 bills on the altar like we would pay we would always put the money on the altar so there were a bunch of 20s there but two 20s went up in flames because I we don't even, we can't even figure out how it happened oh but my a candle gosh. and then but they only burnt halfway and then so then that was actually the thing that set <laughs> off that that numinous experience where I was like two 20s 40 and we were dancing you'll love this we were dancing to you two song 40 when it happened oh my so gosh I like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not whoa so it's like there's something about 40. So I started doing all this, like Googling about 40, like reading all the, you know, the, the, all the interesting little facts around the mysticism of the number 40. And it is endless. It is endless how much happens in that 40 day, you know, Jesus in the desert for 40 days, Buddha for 40 days, the soul after death for 40 days. Like I could just go on and on. There's so much happening in that 40 day period. So I thought, wow, wouldn't it be cool to do a project where you set an intention and you work on something for 40 days? Like, let's just see what happens. So I got together. um, At that time, I was living in New York City, and I got together a few of my most trusted, like, soul brothers and sisters and said, come on, let's do this. Let's try it. Let's do an experiment. We'll, We'll put something on the altar. We'll meet once a week, and we'll talk about it, and we'll journal every day. And I came up with these like seven categories, very Saturnian, that we would work on each day. We would, the, the, the idea was to not let a day go by without really doing that kind of deep Saturnian work where right. you're paying attention to the signs and the symbols and you're doing the work. So it was, it's like you're not just doing therapy once a week or twice a week or once a month or however you want to do it. You're every day living in that process of mm. what you want like whatever that insoluble problem as you would call it that insoluble mm. problem whatever that is you would devote yourself exclusively to it and call in all the gods and goddesses to help you in that 40-day mm. magical tamenos you know that magical sacred space and it, the results were phenomenal so I was like hmm what if I shared this with people all over the world like online so at first it started with me just sending out I got a couple more people involved I charged forty dollars for forty and I would just send out an email every day and we would work on we would base it on the astrology like the astrological theme and we would all work on it together and then obviously people would choose their own topic on top of that inspired by the theme so maybe we did like a mercury retrograde one but then people would say for me this is bringing up I want to work on 40 days around how I haven't never had a voice in my family or whatever it is, you know? So right. um, they would work on that for 40 days. So we journal for 40 days. I send an email with questions and quotes and mm. photos. So that's how it started. And it was just like me from my email sending out to maybe 40 people or it wasn't it was smaller than maybe 10 people. So it started off really small like that. And then throughout the years, now it's been almost seven years, Saturn, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's grown into like a whole community. And so there's a, like, I have a really, there's a lot of really devoted, dedicated people that have done a lot of like up to like 20 project forties with me, we would say, um, wow. that love doing the work because they get the results. So, and it's always a different topic. And now I bring in partners often that are more expert at whatever the theme is. So I like my Mars and Libra, I like to partner up with people. Um, yeah. <laughs> So for this one, I'm doing, for instance, like I'm doing the moon and I wanted to work with a literal high priestess since the moon to me in the tarot is the high priestess. I was like, I want to work with a high priestess that I know in Egypt. Like I actually do know a high priestess. Like a lot of people call themselves a high priestess, but I actually know a woman 
who just turned turned 70 and is a real she is the high priestess of high, she lives at the pyramids <laughs> oh my god yeah and she knows everything about egyptian mythology and moons and she's so wonderful so i am so but the, these people show up because it's that's the magic of the project 40 so right right it's, it's beyond me it's beyond me so it's it's a really wonderful thing so i'm in the last seven of them and we're doing the seven planets for the last the seven you know traditional planets for the last seven so we're doing the moon now wow. Venus last time. Yeah. So we get to live those planets for 40 days, all their teachings, all their deep messages. Oh, how cool. That's so what will the next, yeah. what will the next planet be? I know I haven't been going in order. I started the year off with the sun. That was the first one. Then I did Venus. Then now I'm doing uh, the moon. So do I have four? Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Um, so probably because we'll probably do the next one in September. I was feeling it'll be Mercury. Oh yeah, we're going to do yeah, Mercury then, next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it'll be Mercury. And then it's interesting. We'll get into all the masculine planets on the other side because we're going to have Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn as the, right. the three, right. the final three. Yeah. <laughs> right. So right. It's exciting. Yeah. That is. And but, then are yeah, you done after that? Then it's so sad. It's I because that came to me. I don't know why, but I was like, I can only do forty of these, and I'm then working on turning it into the book. And I also am in the process of translating all the old ones into book form, so that people that miss oh, see, them that's can what I was wondering. I'm like, isn't there a book here? Yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely a, there's like a bigger book that's based on what I've learned from doing it, and then there's like trying to recapture the best of all of the the different themes, like. You know, to bring them out because a lot of people wanted the ones they've missed because there have been a lot of great themes and a lot of, you know, right. a lot of people didn't do them for one reason or another because of the timing or whatever, but they they could now have access to all of them once I get them into book form. That's what I'm also in the process of doing now. It's a big project. So, again, that sounds very Saturnine, you know, just it's so Saturnine. <laughs> it is. Yeah, Saturn and Sagittarius is so Saturn. Right, and, you know, writing and publishing and yeah. And, you know, so, so Shereen, let me, before we have to end today, because I wanted to say, oh, you yeah. know, my gosh, you're a busy, busy lady, right? And with your life. <laughs> so when you're not doing the writing and Project 40 and astrology, what, what do you, because you live in San Francisco, and yeah. I love looking at all your pictures on Instagram. Oh, and, and thanks. Yeah, no, it's like, I'm like, oh, San Francisco. Um so what do you kind of how do you spend your time when you're not in the deeper shadow astrology world? Uh, traveling, which is I'm trying to actually that's I, that's also very Saturn and Sagittarius. I'm such a you know nomad gypsy. Like I love going to India. I'm always running back and forth to India to spend time in Kerala with Amma, and um, I spend a lot of time there. And then I also lead retreats. So that's a lot of travel. So when I'm not doing all of that, is it, what do I do? Sleeping? I sleep. <laughs> and then you have you don't I you have a, a you have one or two dogs? I have one. <laughs> your your pug, I have one right? Pug, Mr. Harpo. Yes, he is the light of my life, Mr. Harpo. Um, yes, he also came in during Project Forty. Like he came into my life in 2010 as well. So he's part of this this Saturn cycle, the seven year Saturn cycle I'm in. Well, it's interesting because yeah, I think I first dog. met you at Norwalk. Not it was not this year, but last year. And our mutual yes. friend Stephanie Galen uh, introduced yes. me. And did you have your your Mr. Harpo with you? I I bet I did. I'm sure I did. He comes. Yes, he loves to come. Yes. He used to love to come and stay with Stephanie. He was there, and he's a Saturn dog. He's a little black animal, so he's and he's a Capricorn. <laughs> so he is literally like my. You're supposed to take care of a little black if you're having. If you have a difficult relationship with Saturn or you just want to strengthen your relationship with Saturn, one of the remedies is to have a black, to take care of a black animal. Really? So, I did not a black know dog, that. That's right. I can't have a black cow in my apartment in San Francisco, so I have a little black pug. Well, he's adorable. And, you know, it reminds he's me so that um, I have uh, my doggy, my darling doggy's delight of my life, Aww. Sophie Marie, and she's a Aww. combination <laughs> pug poodle. I and that. I wonder what the remedy is for having a very fluffy blonde um, <laughs> dog. I wonder blonde, what the remedy is. She like that feels like a Venus remedy. If she does feel like a Venus. Yes, 
Yeah, so that would be perfect because I'm a Libra. She's in some Venus energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she, yeah. She's, she's very Venetian, that. and she has a hot pink collar with rhinestones. So oh, there you go. Oh, she's, she's there you go. Venus there you go. I yeah, love yeah. it. Hot pink. You have to, I'm going to see a picture of that collar. That sounds so cute. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you. I'll send you a picture. I'll definitely send you a picture. But I actually call her. Um, she has her own hashtag. She's called Psychic Doggy. I love and it. And I don't know. She just. I, she really helps me to hold the energy. I'm going to look here, up Psychic Doggy. Awesome. Yeah, they do. I mean, Harp, I, Harpo's hashtag is Harpo the Pug. If people want to check him out, because he's worth checking yeah. out, he will just exactly. make your day. So we've got Harpo the Pug yeah, and Psychic Doggy. He's adorable. All right, well, before we have to wrap up, just in kind of closure, let's talk a little bit more about this, about the Scorpio moon today. Um, so, and then yeah. it's leading up to the full moon in Capricorn. What would you say, you know, would be a good intention for people to hold or, you know, something that our listeners could actually do to really work with the, the moon or the lunar energies right now? Ooh, that's a good question. I, what's been coming to me, because we have actually been working on this in this, the current Project 40, because we're doing the moon, so we've been really focusing in on this moon energy. And what, we've been, what we're working on at the moment is that death mother archetype, mm. so that inner archetype of the, it's like the inner destroyer. So we don't yeah. realize sometimes we're the ones that tear things down, destroy them out of our own fear of loss of control, or we may have that kind of inner, it's like that, unconscious inner death mother that wants to take something from us. We're so afraid of losing it that we might be the ones yeah. to rip it away from, you know, to, to bring it down, destroy it, burn it up. Um, and so what I've been recommending is to come into this with Scorpio, it's always about going deeper. So coming into a, right. a really deep space around letting go and trusting and not right. feeling, feeling like you have to be the one to, like, step into the control seat. Like, just looking at all the ways where you feel you're trying to control out of fear. Um, right. Fear of loss often is what's at the bottom yes. of it. So, yeah. Right. So and, you know, if we're, if we're deeper talking about, go. you know, the tarot cards again, of course, the, the card that Scorpio rules in the tarot mm-hmm. is the death card. That's right. And there's you a know, rebirth death and rebirth on the side. And, yeah, and transformation, and you know, it's 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 so funny because usually it's like I get a brand new client that's never had a tarot reading. They're a little freaked out, and of course, what's the card that's going to come up? <laughs> it's either going to oh, be yes. death or the devil, <gasps> or and the they're like, man. "I'm out of here!" Right? Oh yeah, or the hang, or the hangman, <laughs> or the hangman, or the tower. <laughs> yes, the but tower. what I see, you know, that's it's like, me, like visually, especially it's yeah, right, right. In this country, we have such a odd relationship with death. Yeah, you know what do. I mean. I mean, I think that we 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 cling to life and cling to youth yes. and cling to yes, these things. Yes. You know. Yeah. Yes. We need more Kali culture. Yes. Really and so maybe the Scorpio, Kali. like you say, the Scorpio moon is a time to let go and to allow yourself to transform. Yes. Let let go. Embrace. Embrace all of those dark feelings, like whatever they are. Give them an outlet. Write them down. Burn them. Just like give them expression so they don't sit around as like poisons and like stagnant water as poison in your body. Right. 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 And you know, one of the things that I've found with um, myself and with clients is when the moon is in Scorpio, there's sometimes a feeling of not being in control. Oh yeah. And so, you know, just with that, I feel like that's where your spiritual relationship can really work well, whether taking time for meditation or calling in your guides or angels or just, you know, you're not alone. (laughs) It's just if you're feeling out of control or overwhelmed, call in, you know, your spiritual, you know, people, your spiritual community. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think that can be especially powerful during the moon in Scorpio. I agree. And Scorpio has a really devotional quality to it when it goes into the higher realm because it really, like when it's in more of that ascension ego phase of the scorpion, it's really about trusting in, like when you get to that state of letting go, there is that really deep devotional quality of Scorpio that once it's connected to something higher, it's just beautiful and it's healing and it's transformational. So we all have access to that. We just have to get beyond the power struggle and the fear of loss and any of the like just obsessive, that, just jealous, things. neurotic side of Scorpio. Yeah. 
and the anxiety yeah. and the fear and the grief. <laughs> just, that's yeah, that's all you have to do. Grief, you know what I mean? So the five but, of cups, the five of cups card in the tarot is yeah. <laughs> gone awry. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you're talking about the devotional aspect of all of this. So this is a great day yeah. for everyone to be more devotional. And Shireen, thank you so much, my Pisces moon oh sister. My God. Thank you so for much. taking time to be on Soul Place Radio. So much ground. I'm so impressed. You're wonderful. I know. Well, you know, we I think we make a good team. So, And for all of those out there, I'm just going to remind you again to get in touch with Shireen. You go to her website, which is shireenvismaya.com, and there's just a whole wealth of information there. You can listen to the podcast that we did uh, uh, on Shireen's and on iTunes, or you'll find it through her website. And this, all the Soul Place um, shows will also be podcasts, so you can look for them. This show will be up on my website probably in the next couple of days on Soul Place Radio. So thanks, Shireen, and thank you, everyone, for thank joining you. us on Soul Place Radio. We do this once a month, the third Sunday of each month. Have a wonderful holiday weekend. Be safe and take good care. Namaste. You're listening to the News for the Soul Radio Network.